Welcome to the Mentality Podcast. We're recording at the incredible Wheatwood Hall Hotel Podcast Studio. This is a podcast that goes way beyond stigma. We talk about men's mental health and mindset. We encourage the type of conversation that will open you up to another way to live life, another way to see yourself and the world around you. If you are ready for that, you're in the right place. I'm Stevie Ward and I'm an ex professional rugby league player and captain and now I guess I'm a bit of a podcaster, speaker, actor, writer, entrepreneur. I'm still working all that out but at Mentality we help men take control of their mindset by teaching them to find purpose, resilience and what I believe is the new success, inner peace. That sounds good. If you are that guy who is waking up to the fact that they need to do something different in life and the same old habits aren't working for you, it might be time to step up. If you want to start your journey with us, you can go to mentality.co.uk forward slash coaching to join the best team you have ever seen. Craig White, good to have you on, my mate. Stevie Ward, nice to see you again, mate. This is the first podcast I've done without two front teeth in. Beautiful, mate, I'm privileged. Oh, yeah. Oh, is it a bit of a sight looking at me? No, you look tough. Still look, <laughs> I look tough, you at least. tough with a soft centre. <laughs> yeah. A proper man. That's it, that's oh, it. I'm saying we're getting a proper mon. Proper mon, man. Yeah, a Jamaica, isn't it? <laughs> um, good to see you, though, my mate. As always, I feel like you're um, a little bit of a an elder to me a bit of a uh, a wisdomful man that comes across the m62 every now and then and comes <laughs> a piece of visit because this is where we did a retreat 2018 yeah uh mentality yeah. retreat which was um great that wasn't it which was amazing yeah it was good for me in the fact that we were able to put it on um but also go through the old retreat and and host some of it but a fraction of it compared to yourself and learn a lot um, and those guys I know that have been on that retreat their lives shifted mm. um, after it mm. which is always it's incredible to see because yeah. it can alter some paths a lot of the time yeah that's the acid test that's the acid test yeah so it's been it's been um, a few months since I came on the men without masks retreat um, which were good five days out of the momentum of life and to sort of for me uh, get down to what it is that I'm going to do next when I can fully do it next and yeah it's been good mate so I just thought that we would give some insight to the guys within Evolve that are on the live podcast right now um, that are going to have the chance to ask uh, some questions to yourself and myself at the end uh, but also to the Mentality Podcast listeners um, for what's your background I obviously know it. We did a podcast, the third one, mate. Mm. Um, but you're a Wigan lad. What happened after you realised you were a Wigan lad? What did you realise you had to do after that? Well, as a Wigan lad, I believed that I would have to be a professional rugby league player. Yeah. Otherwise, <laughs> I'm a complete failure. failure. Yeah. So I tried my best mm. to get there. And... Um, all, well, almost got there. I could have signed for leave for a pair of boots and a packet of crisps, <laughs> but I chose not to. Yeah. And um, ended up going off the rails 
a little bit, but then uh, just had such a fascination for sport mm -hmm. at the time and um, wanted to be a PE teacher. Um, went to study for that and then um, ended up getting a place at John Moore's on a sports science degree. And luckily at the same time, I ended up getting uh, some work experience with uh, the Clark brothers, Phil Clark, Mm. Uh, and Andy Clark is now an agent and he used to be a conditioning coach. So as well as doing my degree in sports science during that three year period, I was also getting a, a lot of experience as a conditioning coach. Mm -hmm. So I fell into that. I was, I, I was going to places like Halifax and Featherstone and, and Wigan, working with referees. I was working with Ireland as an assistant. And um, I also worked with a club called Waterloo. So that when I did my degree, I was just ready to go. and. Um, yeah. I've been involved in some kind of conditioning, although it's very much more holistic now. I mean, I've been involved in conditioning for rugby for 25 years. Mm. And um, so that's what I'm well known for, my my work predominantly in, in, in rugby union, uh, which started off as a conditioning coach. And then kind of, as I exhausted that, it moved more into kind of a more kind of a conditioning coach with a holistic background in nutrition and then mm. I became fascinated by the mind and behavior and leadership and culture and mm. um it's just um it's just grown over the years and um and in more recent times I'm kind of also known for um my, my work with men mm. um facilitating men's retreats mm. and what was uh, the transition um from that so you work for British Lions British and Irish Lions you work for Wales you work for Ireland Rugby Union wasps and all these um you know top top sort of environments to be in what was the transition for you um to i'd say like go deeper it seemed like what you mentioned there you were sort of going deeper yeah. and deeper that the longer you you were on the earth yeah. like what 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 was the transition to take you from the the sort of the the regular conditioning mm. uh if that makes sense to to the more holistic you know as that went on what 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 moment was that for you um well the transition was pain mm. as it always is mm. for all of us especially men you know of course it's important to have fun and have a laugh and seek pleasure there's nothing wrong with that but 99% of the time the transition is is pain and we can mm. we can choose to follow that and go into that and find out about that or we can continue to distract from that and ignore that and push it down and cover it up with alcohol and cover mm -hmm. it up with drugs and cover it up with work and cover it up with distractive behaviors um, so for me um it was actually a combination of pleasure and pain but there was a lot of pain when i actually kind of really dug into it so i was working um as a physical performance manager for the welsh rugby team and it was about, I think it was about 2000 and maybe 2008, 2007, 2009. Um, mm -hmm. And it was a good job, nice place to live on the coast, good salary, good car. My relationship was great. And um, I, I kind of was on top of my game, really. I'd been on two Lions tours and I was earning good money. And uh, my wife at the time, Marta, begged me to go on this yoga retreat. And... Um, why did she beg you? Why do you think she begged you? I don't know. She must have thought I was an angry fucker and yeah. I just needed to calm down because I had anger, but I used it, you know, I mm. used it to kind of drive myself to be this 
kind of world's best conditioning coach. Mm. Um, and I kind of reluctantly went, I, I kind of had, had an open mind. I was a kind of a closet, I was a closet seeker. If you looked at my library, you'd see books on Buddhism and you'd see books on um, meditation and spirituality. And, and mm. even when I worked for Leicester Tigers, I didn't tell anybody, but I remember kind of on Sundays, sometimes, I'd sometimes go to this Hare Krishna center because I'm just fascinated by what they were doing and the chanting and stuff like yeah. that. So, but I never told anybody, anybody about that. And anyway, so when she said, come on this yoga retreat, I thought, okay, there might be a little bit in that, but I'm stiff as a bone. I'm, I'm not going to enjoy it. So I went to Thailand for a month on a yoga retreat and it was intense. It was a full on yoga retreat. You know, the first day I saw this Swami with a orange robes on and teachers with white on. And, you know, it wasn't your, um, it wasn't your, your beach yoga with a detox attached yeah. to it. It was full on yoga where we'd wake up in the morning early and meditate. I'd never really meditated properly before. There were two mm. yoga classes a day. Um, and in the evening time was, uh, was a lecture, like a three hour lecture. And in the space of that month, it just blew me open, completely open. I was fascinated by the whole system of yoga. And, this, and, and what I also realized was that through these kind of meditative practices, there was like I touched parts of me that I'd never touched before. Mm. And some of those parts were actually, oh my fucking God, um, there's me and my measly little ego, but there's something more than this in this life. It's like, what, so much potential and so much love and so much joy that I've not fucking accessed or I've, I've stuffed away. And on the flip side of that, there was so much anger and there was so much shame and there was so much sadness. And it was like, wow, what's this all this about? Because I'd been a workaholic and, I'd, and, and all my life and, and because I had to stay still and try and be still, which I couldn't do because I was, I, I just couldn't keep still, but I was forced to keep still. Stuff came up for me. Mm. And um, I went back into um, my job a month later with the Welsh rugby team. And I sat on the same chair at the same desk and life just wasn't the same anymore, Steve. It mm. just wasn't the same. I was carrying a lot of emotion, especially anger. I don't know what I was angry at, but I was angry. But I wasn't owning the anger, I was projecting it on people. So I went through a period of thinking, well, he's a dickhead, he's a dickhead, you know, he's talking shit, what, what, what's he talking about? And I also gave my anger over to rugby. I was blaming rugby, I was saying, well, rugby's this and rugby's that, what the fuck am I doing? You know, teaching people to carry a rugby ball and put it over a try line rugby, rugby's egoic, rugby's not spiritual. Mm. I've got to get out of it. So it, 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 was a, it was a funny time for me because I was having a huge identity crisis. You know, four weeks ago, I'd, I'd been in a great job on top of my game, loving mm -hmm. it, privileged. And then four weeks later, I'm like, what am I doing here? Mm -hmm. Who are these people? This is not my tribe. Mm -hmm. I can't relate to anybody anymore. So inside there was a, a kind of identity crisis going on. I was crying when I used to go home and there's only my wife knew about that. Um, and I knew I had to get out to go on a journey and find out what all this stuff was about. But I couldn't because of the prestige and the home and the, the salary. Um, but I, I, I actually did about um, a year after being back. I just went into the, the office one day with Warren Gatlin, the coach, and I said, Gats, I'm going to have to go. Sorry, I, I can't stay anymore. It was six months before the World Cup in 2011, I think. Yeah. Um, and we went living in Thailand. And then I guess that's where my, my, my depth started. It's where my really deep, deep um, journey inside of myself started. And mm -hmm. then I, 
I mean, yeah, I mean, I went on an incredible journey, trying all sorts of things. Fuck. Yeah, man. I so I we did that podcast. I think that was like podcast number three or four. That, that initially, <laughs> I sort of I'd open that that door. I think um, surely just by having that conversation with you and and that's sort of the reason why we we have these chats or why i feel like um mentality exists or one of the roles it plays is like to be there for people that that might actually mm. be going through what what mm. you go through mm. you know like because that's like that's more than just your, your sort of depression anxiety it seems like there's a lot there's been a bit more of a shake you know suffering that and, and i've i've felt very much the same sort of like um a lack of meaning and um a sort of a a question of, of, of more depth mm. i think do you think when when you had that experience do you think you you were sort of it was too polarizing for you, do you is, is there a way to to be gradual like you, you know you said you had a, a certain mindset before it and then after and he said it's too spiritual or, or whatever because in reality like anything too is is probably not correct there's two sides to everything isn't there i guess yeah I, yeah i mean i know what you're saying i mean mm. i'm i'm thrown into this yeah crazy new world yoga community which i actually loved actually afterwards i mm. you know i really got into yoga but at the time it's like what what the fuck am i yeah. what's this yeah it's totally new a month super intense that so, is intense um i mean in theory yes a gradual approach is obviously warranted mm. but but it happen where like i'm at in my life now stevie i might not have answered your question the same 12 years ago but now it's like i actually don't know if we have a choice stevie mm. i think all of us in one shape or another whether it's when we're 20 or whether it's when we're in midlife it seems to be happening earlier and earlier now actually there's a knock on the door there's a knock on the door saying, mate, is is this really your you? Is this really your life? Is this really your purpose? Is this who you are? Surely there's something more to life than this. And we all get it. And it keeps coming back. And some men never actually look at it until the day they die. Mm. Um, and, and bless them. There might be too much trauma though to look at. And mm. um, But if we have some kind of role models around or coaches or people we can trust or people we can share with or a roadmap of of what to do in this instance then it can become um, a real doorway to transformation so mm. i guess that's what i've become as a coach like like you know what you're trying to do with mentality mm. i've tried to evolve as a coach in a way where i could actually act as a sounding board and a, and a guide for people that are going through that not only with my mentor retreats, but more and more even with the, the mentoring that I also do with professional coaches. Yeah. It's a tricky time. It is. It is. And I, I, I think that doorway has probably been knocked on quite a lot over the last year for people um, with the, the rush slowed down, you know, the, the, the sort of rat race yeah. slowed down. There's so many ways we could go here. Um, but just, just, coming off back of what you said, like what you try to do now, what is it that you, you do differently compared to what you would have done, you know, all those years ago before that yoga retreat? How, how is it you, 
you speak to people? How is it that you look to coach people? Are you that technical anymore? Do you do you, do you try and go straight to the the driver of someone? Like, because that's what, like, you know, from my observations in in teams, uh, winning teams and not winning teams, the thing that's 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 there in a win team is the connection and the mm. sort of devotion to to do everything for each other, for yourself, for for the cause of what you're going for. And and they're not winning teams. Like they could be, they could be more skillful. They could be um, technically better. They could even have a better game plan. But you know th those sort of big games. I'm I'm looking around and thinking, well, as long as he, you know, he's going to make the tackles for me, even if I've dislocated my shoulder the week before, mm. I'm I'm convict. I had conviction. Do you know? It's like there's there's, there's so many technicalities to rugby, and there's so many. Um, different game plans and, and, and all this, but, you know, it's about running through a brick wall for you, mate, isn't it? At the end of the day, of course, you're doing, of course, you're doing a lot of, of damage to people, damage to yourself. Um, so how is it that you look to touch on that within a, a within a rugby environment? Yeah. Um, Cause you do work now, don't you, with of, Fiji? And, of course. And, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mentor coaches. I still consult for teams and I work for world rugby as well. Um, the, the way I work now with people is actually, I, did, I, I didn't always know this. In fact, the insights just come to me now, actually. The way I work with, with coaches now and players and what I help them with is actually what I need myself. Mm. So I, I can only talk about it from my perspective as a, as a sportsman and a coach, but it, it generally applies to most. Um, you know, we're on that hero's journey and as men, you know, we, we used to go into war in the history of manhood. We, we, we're hardwired to go to war. Mm -hmm. Now, if war's not about, you know, we don't really have to go to war anymore. We still seek it out, unfortunately. We still seek out to be a hero. So I was seeking out to be a hero, you know, in sport, this kind of dedication, this hard work, this brutal drive and attitude. And, and I became really good with with systems and processes and linear thinking mm. and, and logic and planning and strategy mm. and mm. game plans and, um, and, and training programs and goals and targets and data and all yeah. that and yeah. all that. And because there was such a drive and there still is in, in, in sport and business and, and, and a lot of uh, fields that men are associated with, to be honest, because there's such a, a huge drive on that side, it's at the expense of the other side. It's at the expense of the human side, the human skills, the communication skills, the empathy, the softness, the gentleness, the, mm. the, the, um, the touch, the calmness, um, the friendships. You know, it, it, it's, it's actually a, 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 an, a, an, a, an imbalance. And what I've tried to do on my coaching journey, because that was dominated in my life for so long, I've actually gravitated to this side. Mm -hmm. So my area, if you like now, is, I mean, it, it, it is holistic, but what I love more than anything is to, um, to coach what I call the human skills. Mm -hmm. So whether I'm working with a, a, a rugby player or a coach or a physio or a businessman, it all starts with self-awareness. So it all starts with know thyself. Mm -hmm. And when I talk about self-awareness, it's a big topic, but I'm talking about you know, understanding the themes of your life, understanding a little bit about why things may have happened to you, mm. understanding 
events of your life and looking back and saying, oh, actually, in relation to who I am now, thank you, because that shaped me. You know, understanding our values and our inner GPS and why we get up in the morning and we're guided in a certain direction. You know, projecting some kind of vision of, of where we want to go and, and, and feeling into our why and a purpose. And, mm. and so that, all, that whole self-awareness piece is, is what I start with. And then what I also teach, which is an area that I've gone into over the last 12 years, because I used to be crap at it, <laughs> is interpersonal skills and communication. So I teach connection, I, I teach the phenomenon of rapport and why we get triggered by some people and why we love others um, and, and, and really pulling the finger back this way. And I teach listening skills and questioning skills and feedback skills and presentation skills. And, and I also teach about building trust in teams. Mm. But ultimately, it's it's only because I had an imbalance in myself. And the more I kind of teach that, the more I balance myself. So mm. that's kind of the way I work now. Is there resistance to that? In the organizations? Yeah, in organizations. I'll, I'll tell you something really interesting here. I get this question a lot, asked, asked a lot. You know, is there resistance in professional sport to this stuff mm. that requires us to go inside? Mm. And... To be honest, Stevie, there's resistance all over the world yeah. on this journey of self-discovery that we're on in this life. There's resistance because it's not always easy to to go inside, and it's not and it's not all, all the dark stuff. It's not sometimes it's not easy to go inside of yourself and actually reclaim your talents and mm -hmm. and openly say how good you are. You know, we've been taught to play it small, and it's and it's obviously not easy to go in and look at all the hidden shame and all the suppressed emotions. Um, but coming back to your question, what I found in my work in professional sport is whilst the voice is sometimes in my head, mate, these guys are not going to be open to this. Mm. And whilst I've worked with teams, especially Uruguay before the World Cup, and some of the coaching staff were, were saying to me, mate, you're going to sit with us in a circle with these guys and talk about feelings? <laughs> really? They're not going to own up. They're not going to be vulnerable. They're just, it's just a projection of fear. What I'm finding more and more is when I forget about that, when I turn up, when I show up, when I block out that, that limiting belief and I'm vulnerable and I'm fully open, all the time it, 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 it's reciprocated back to me. Mm. And I'm amazed by it. So yes, the, the, the risk manager inside of me, the, the part that wants to keep me safe, will always say, mate, are you sure you're going to do this? It's you're going to open up, but always, always, when I show up, they show up. So it's a huge responsibility as a leader, I believe, to, to just show up. Mm. I mean, some, somebody's got to show up mm. and model it. Mm. Fuck, it's big, that. Uh, it's, I think I, I've, I've sort of seen that, um, that you sometimes have to lead something where there is resistance to it. Do you know? Yeah. I think that's, that's how I, that's, that's what I, I think get a, a big, a big buzz from now. And, and it, you could say it's sort of brave or it's, it's sort of like, it's a different track. Do you know? It's probably mm. a different track. Mm. Um, I feel that, you know, you can be a leader in, in so many different ways. Um, and I've, I've, I, I hope that I would have exemplified being a leader in, in, in different ways. You know, I've sort of, I'm only 27, but, um, 
you know, there's a lot of stuff that's going on now with with concussion and uh, and you know, I, I just I hope that I can see or try and and get a bit of traction on on what you're talking about right now because mm-hmm. um, the stuff that 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 you spoke about and the stuff that that I've heard you speak about a lot of the time, um, I think it's commendable because you're sort of an outlier in the fact that you're leading what what you believe to be the tr- a true cause or mm, like a more mm. true cause what's what's some of the things that that you can feel feel into from the time of uruguay or the time that you have experienced that like what what's the reaction is is the people first resist it and then feel benefit from it you know what 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 is it that they come back at you with well it's funny you use the word it yeah i mean I mean, what, you know, what are we talking when we talk about it? I, I mean, maybe we're talking about vulnerability because, you know, that's yeah. a buzzword, isn't it? That's These a days, vulnerability. Yeah. But, but, I mean, even vulnerability with a group of men, with a rugby team, with a business team, you can't be vulnerable all the time, Stevie, you know? No, no. There's an edge and, yeah. and, and my edge might be there, you know, and your edge might be there. Mm-hmm. But it's necessary to lean into that edge, but it's not one size fits all. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, I, I'm, I'm blessed in the sense that I've done various trainings um, as a life coach, but also as a, as, as, a, as a leadership facilitator to learn how to slowly but surely build a container of trust mm. with, with men. If you remember on the retreat, mm. we're in that room and it's like, what the fuck yeah, have I yeah. come to here? And it's like, <laughs> yeah. and, and it's like there's all these men who don't know each other. Yeah. You know, and I heard wired patterns of thinking, you know, I'm going to protect myself here. Who's he? Can I trust him? Can I trust mm. him? And we start off with a one word, you know, mm. we have a check-in, how you're feeling? One yeah, word. Yeah, yeah. And even that is like, okay, it's not as bad as what I thought. Yeah. And then we have a three word mm. check-in. And then we show a story about, you know, our journey as men. And then we have a 30 second check-in. Mm. And before you know it, you can, you can feel a man when he opens his mouth and talks, you feel his energy and you think, do you know what? He's just like me. Mm. I trust him. So there's a way, there's a way to build safety that I've, I've learned with teams, and and it can take longer sometimes. But mate, once once you have a safe container in your family, or with your mates, or with your corporate group, um, or with a rugby team or a football team or whatever, magic happens. Yeah. And, it'll, it'll, yeah. and, and safety will be lost again. Mm-hmm. You'll lose trust and you have to rebuild it again and you'll mm-hmm. lose it and you have to rebuild mm-hmm. it. But when there is trust, magic happens. And I mean, let's just talk about rugby because we're both involved in some kind of rugby or we have been. Now, you've got to be a warrior on the rugby pitch. You have mm-hmm. to be. Mm-hmm. You have to, some, to an extent, mm-hmm. part your feelings. Yeah, you've got for to. sure. You've for got sure. to. Yeah. But underneath that, and in and around that, it, during the week and in pre-season, and mate, you and I know some of the toughest guys you've mm. ever met. On the inside, they want to be soft. Yeah, yeah, they want to yeah. be hugged. Yeah. They want to show the feelings. They want to cry. Mm. They want to speak the shame and just fucking let it out finally mm. and get rid of it. They want to release their anger. They want to also step into how good they are and, and, and speak about how good they are and what they're proud of. And it's just not easy because of the way we've been raised as men and we suppress it. 
you know, we suppress it because we think it protects us and it probably did protect us mm. as a kid mm. growing up, you know, and, and, and we're growing up as a kid and we realize that parts of our behavior weren't accepted by mum and dad. Maybe yeah. anger wasn't accepted and sadness or maybe our, our sensuality wasn't accepted and, and we suppress it in order to please mum and dad. So we, we end up shoving it down into what we call the shadow. Mm -hmm. And it's only when we move through life later on and we reintegrate these suppressed parts of ourselves, you know, the suppressed sexuality and the suppressed shame and the suppressed anger and the suppressed um, gifts and the suppressed gold and, you know, having the courage to say how good we are and having the courage to say how crap we are and, and, and just being more transparent that that's where freedom really comes from mm. and we'll always have shit going on but you know if we can slowly reintegrate parts of ourselves in a safe environment then we're less likely to go down the journey of, of depression and suicide and addictions mm. um, so the critical piece in that long-winded answer stevie is um part of our role as, as as men stepping up to help men is to create safe spaces mm. Whether that's a one-on-one, -on -one, a one-on-four, or a one-on-sixty, or Zoom, you know, to yeah. create a safe space. Because we all want to feel safe, and then when we feel safe, we can express. Yeah. The opposite of suppression is expressing. Oppression. And all men are craving to express. Mm. Craving, but they need to feel safe. <sighs> Man, there's, I keep, there's so many questions coming up when you're talking, because you could go so many ways about it. Um I when I was when I was 19 20 years old and sort of um I was going for a rough patch basically basically because I wasn't fit enough to be good and fit enough to to do what I'd done in the year before um playing for Leeds Rhinos one sort of thing that I, I felt like there was a big thing in culture in rugby league is is prescription drugs um and that was like a, you know it's like a normal thing in rugby league and you know, I'm yeah. not sure of the state of it at the minute. And yeah. I feel like um, there's that ego that, that you sort of have when you're growing up and, and you know, it's well and truly, it's, it's well and truly um, a survival method. You know, when you're growing up, like, like you say, flipping, you can't be vulnerable. You can't be, you know, you've got to get through the years. Mm -hmm. You've got to get through your life. Um, and it's almost like, do, do we get to a point where it's necessary where, you know, we get to an age where there are these, these meeting points, where there are these sort of containers where someone who's bought in so strictly to that role, that you know that sort of um well yeah facade or the mass light you know that sort of um identity do you need do you need a time do you need a place to to understand it to unpick it to actually have that that release of emotion to have that sort of stop of the momentum and 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 consider these deep things it's 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 hard to talk about because it's there's a lot of pain and there's a lot of suffering that men are, mm. that men are having but i i do honestly feel that those those moments those existential um questions challenges um 
you know, crisis you mentioned, like, it's like they're so scared to be vulnerable or that's like the bottom of the list that they'd ever do mm. that sometimes they'd rather, they would rather just exit, do you yeah, know? of course, of course. Um, yeah. And it's like, I, I guess we're doing it in the act now. We're sort of like opening up the discussion and, and talking a bit more about it. But, you know, I think everyone's, not everyone, but a lot of people will have been touched by someone who's 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 um you know died by suicide and it's that's why that that's what that's that's why it burns in me quite a lot to have these conversations because it's like well what what else mm -hmm. is important if we're not going to these depths if that makes sense yeah yeah um it does make sense there's a couple of things that i wanted to talk about falling out of that mm -hmm. um the first Bit when you were talking about you, when you played and you you know you, you took loads of prescription drugs it's it's almost it's like that hero it's like you know unfortunately because I don't know if it serves us it seems to be a part of our journey but unfortunately we're hardwired to be the hero we strive to be the hero whether that's in the sport or business context or and if we can't be the hero we end up being the opposite the coward and it's just like this pressure on us to be the hero and unfortunately it's not easy because in history we always have been the hero in history to be honest men have always gone to war so they've always been the hero men have always gone hunting the dangerous animals so they've always been the hero and um mm. and now there's no kind of wars it's like unfortunately we still have this desire to be a hero now it becomes far more compounded when we have a deprived father. So if we had a dad that wasn't really around emotionally, or if we had a split dad that wasn't around, or if we had a dad that didn't really care about us, or if we just didn't have access to a dad, it becomes multiplied, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. um, you know, without that real masculine presence in our life, there's a real, in many men, desire to you know, I'll fucking prove that I'm a hero. I'll prove to the world that I'm a hero. And sometimes it's destructive. Um, but unfortunately, it, it seems to be in all men. And um, it certainly was in me. But looking back, I kind of had to go through that. Mm. You know, I had to go through that. It's all about me. You know, mm. it's all about me. I don't care who's in my way. I want to be the best. It's all about me. I just care about myself. Um and it still has to exist in some sense because if I don't care about myself, I can't be present with, with, with men. So there's a level of self-care necessary to help other people. But as I've got older, I mean, I'm nearly 50 now, Steve, this year. It, it is becoming more about others. Mm. And when I was young and people used to say, well, you know, your purpose should be bigger than yourself. I didn't understand it. I was too young. Yeah. But yeah. now I'm slowly starting to understand that. Mm -hmm. um, so... The reason I wanted to mention purpose is because there's so much to talk about re-suicide and I'm not a suicide expert mm. um, and I've not tried to commit suicide. So I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't ever say I'm an expert, even though a lot of my school friends have committed suicide. But a huge factor within suicide is the purpose void that men suffer. You know, we have this deep, deep void of, you know, what is it I'm supposed to be doing here? Am I good enough to do it? You know, 
am I good enough to do anything? And again, that comes through history. We always had a purpose when we went to war. In the Industrial Revolution, we had a purpose because you know, eventually we were the ones providing, the women were at home nurturing. And uh, as we move through society, the whole feminine equality movement, which I'm all for, has also kind of led to men feeling more devoid ever than ever because all the jobs that we used to do, now women are capable of doing them. Mm. And we can't have a kid. W women can have kids, of course, which give them a natural sense of purpose. So men are more confused than ever before. It's like, what am I, what am I supposed to be doing here? Mm. Um, especially around job, because we often associate our jobs with purpose. So, um, you know, I'm hoping that one day, you know, a lot of the jobs that um, women used to do are paid better. So it encourages more men to actually start to mm. move into those professions, you know, nursing mm. and a lot of the, the the professions that women used to do traditionally. Um, because um, why shouldn't a man be a nurse? Why shouldn't a man be a home father? Mm. And the women go out, go out and work. There's nothing yeah. wrong with that, but... Uh, there's a bit of confusion because our kind of identity is, is is all over the shop at the moment. And there's no roadmap and there's not people to learn from. There's no elders to learn from. There's mm. no initiation. We don't have any initiation before, anymore yeah. like we used to do in tribal times. Mm. Um, and we're hardwired for initiation. If we don't have a healthy initiation, especially from a dad, yeah. we'll seek it out. Yeah. We'll get into drugs. We'll get into fighting. We'll get into um, football hooliganism. You know, mm. it, there's, there's a hard part of us that seeks out some kind of initiation to move through our edge and, and move beyond fear. Um, and we created our retreats because we want to provide healthy initiation. Mm. So what is that? What is that roadmap? Because, you know, you, 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 I imagine you're on the same, because having these conversations, they're, um, I guess we're exploring what the roadmap is or what the causes are, what men might feel like they are um, dealing with, um, what specifically they might be feeling. You mentioned sort of uh, guys that, that might not have had a flavor around. Mm. So we're, we're very much exploring what it is. And, and I imagine you are on the same um, page as me as where you need, you do need that, mm. that bite, you know, you need that drive to you. Mm. Um, and I don't know whether it gets confused sometimes when we have these conversations that 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 should be removed or suppressed or whatever. Of course, you know I think I mean, that's our juice, isn't it? Mm, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's just and, words as you drive take you. Yeah. Is your drive taking you to taking drugs or is your drive that's taking it. you to? That's it. You know, and um, and it, so we, you know, we we might get confused to think that, um, you know, these conversations are sort of trying to wipe out that drive, sort of trying to wipe out that masculine for want of a better word, masculine energy or, or that, that sort of innate drive to, you know, maybe that, that drive to be the hero is, it's there, you know, it's yeah. conditioned into us, yeah. you know, maybe. So like what, what it is that, and I obviously know a lot more of the answers myself after being, doing the metallic retreat and, and being a part of, of yours. Um, so how is it that we look at it? You know, how is it that, yeah, I think the critical piece, and I'm talking from a coaching perspective here, I'm not a therapist and I'm not a trauma specialist. That's a whole field that requires specialisms. But I, I think um, in relation to moving on, evolving as a man, growing as a man, 
getting out of a hole, um, healing, if you want to use the word healing. For me, the critical barometer is safety. Mm. If, 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 and it obviously applies to women as well, but if, if you don't feel safe as a man, it's important to do something about it. Now that might me mean ringing up a mate of your trust and just offloading. It might mean connecting with nature. It might mean connecting with a local group. It might mean exploring um, a men's group. It might mean recruiting a coach. It might mean calling the Samaritans if you can't afford to go on a, a, with a coach. It might mean going on a retreat. But ultimately, it's, it's, it's really important to try and move oneself from a feeling of unsafety to a feeling of safety mm-hmm. and keep seeking out safety. I mean, if we don't feel safe, it's a feedback mechanism. You know, when we don't feel safe, anger come up, anger can come up, anxiety can come up, sometimes sadness can come up, and it's a feedback mechanism. You know, so we have to seek out safety mm-hmm. in some shape or form. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the work that I do with with men, you know, there's some men seek out a therapist because there's so much gone on for them that they need to unpack, that they really need to go into the past with a, with a therapist and one-on-one mm-hmm. can be really beneficial. But like psych- ex- psychotherapy or? Yeah, psychotherapy yeah. or something like that. But but in my experience, there's something incredible about blokes coming together. You know, blokes coming together and learn, switching the phones off for five days, no screens, getting into nature, learning from each other, connecting with each other, bonding with each other. That is medicine that Mm. is really, really missing from today's society. And with COVID, it's getting worse. Mm. You know, when men come together and and go deep, it's unbelievable medicine. And I've seen transformations over five days that might take years in uh, in therapy in Mm. some cases. Yeah. And and we we spoke a little bit about sort of the the dad deprivation. What is it that... <clears throat> from your experience of talking to men um, and being in this work that you find is the challenges that they face or is the thing, mm. this, the, the sticking points for, for, for guys that... I mean, that's a, yeah, that's a ma- an enormous topic. Yeah. If, if you want to really dig into this stuff, if any men watching, read the work by Warren Farrell. Um, he's written a lot of books and one in particular called The Boy Crisis goes into detail of around you know why there are less fathers than than ever before um i I mean there's so many reasons for that you know men Mm. do men do a lot of men feel purposeful in a relationship you know Mm. women have got equal rights you know they can raise a kid on their own they can get benefits and women don't need men the way they used to need men so Mm. um and also to the credit of women if the with a man has not got a sense of purpose, it becomes less attractive. Mm. So a lot of it comes back to this sense of purpose mm. because collectively, and this is a generalization, we seem to have really lost a sense of safety and purpose. It becomes more difficult to kind of maintain some kind of relationship mm. and it, be- it becomes easier to just check out, mm. unfortunately. Mm. When I started Mentality five years ago, I was committed to creating a hub 
that would offer the knowledge and experiences to allow all of us to go beyond the stigma that cripples many men into a life lacking fulfillment. It would be a lie to say that I knew the impact mentality would be having on people's lives, but we are. And it blows me away when someone gets in touch to share with us how we've helped them. So today's podcast sponsor is Mentality Counselling. And I want to share with you a testimony from a guy who went from listening to this exact pod to making the important step to start counselling. Just wait until you hear what he has to say about his experience. If you are someone who this resonates with and you are ready to get the help that you deserve, head to our website right now and get in touch with John. Here is the testimonial. I found it almost impossible to share my feelings and emotions with others. This was evident in our first few sessions. John was patient with me, providing support and guidance, but also gave me the necessary push when I needed it. Our sessions have changed my life. I now use my feelings and emotions to my advantage rather than letting them control my life. John has given me the tools to continue to improve outside of our session and I am so much happier now. Boom, what else do you need? There you go, someone taking it, taking it into his own hands to make a difference and make a change. Mentality counselling. with obviously we've got um some some um members on the live podcast right now and and what we've probably put in with evolve is is a lot of time um and a lot of content considering purpose considering sort of like why you why you're in the the community considering um you know where you are in the world right now um mm purpose is such a, a sort of uh like you say the it underpins everything else i think yeah um so we spent a bit of time on that and and sort of giving bits of framework for people to understand mm. and i think you know, a lot of stuff out there is 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 a prescription like it's sort of like a do this do that and you'll be fine yeah. or do this yeah. do that you'll be fine yeah. and it's like there's, there's a lot as you know there's a lot more thought there's a lot more um probably reflection and understanding before you add all those bits on top. So we've, you know, we've got the, the part where we talk about purpose, we talk about, we've got the community where we, you know, we're edging, edging closer and closer to each other, um, as we can electronically, um, you know, check-ins are a big part of it. The three word check-ins. Yeah. And then on top of that, we've got the, the gym, which is either for your mind or for your, for your sort of body, mm. physical mm. Um, body. Um, and then it's the the knowledge and stuff, which hopefully adds or it acts as a roadmap, acts, acts as a framework for people to yeah. know if they might want to speak to you a bit more, mm. to know if the, mm. they actually need to embrace a bit of a softer side to them. Because yeah. um, there's so many things that, that I've learned um, from your work, mate, which, you know, it offers such a great roadmap to understand if you sort of think of a full picture of a man, mm. what is it that you're doing too much of? What is it that you're not mm. doing enough mm. of? Mm. You know, what is it that has been massive for you in the last year? Yeah. You know, the, the, those sort of different ways that you look at it in the retreat. And Just while we're on purpose, I mean, yeah. 
it is a, it is evident that we have a, a lack of deep purpose now. But I, paradoxically, that can also put a lot of pressure on men. Oh, I've got to find my purpose. I yeah. must find my yeah, purpose. Yeah, yeah. It's really important that we, and it's not easy, but we, we compare ourselves to each other so much. It's really important to really cultivate a deeper sense of who you are and, and who you want to be and what your values are and where you came from and what you're mm -hmm. good at and what you're not good at. Good at. And it's really important to own that. Um, and, and, and sometimes the purpose for a number of years might be your own journey. It yeah, might be, yeah. you know what, my purpose for the next year is to is to learn about myself. I want to read that, that mm -hmm. book. I'm going to read that book. I'm going to go with Stevie there. I'm going to do that retreat. Mm -hmm. That's my purpose mm -hmm. for the next year. Yeah, yeah. It was for me. It was for I. It was actually my purpose for about four years. Mm -hmm. I actually just needed to know about myself mm -hmm. before I could even offer myself to the world. Um, so it's really important to to do that. Um, I like to tell this story. It only happened a few weeks ago, actually. Um, I saw the other week in Hebden Bridge, where I live what I perceive to be an unbelievable vision of a man on purpose. Mm. I stopped in my camper van at the Zebra Crossing and um, the kids were at school. In fact, it was longer than a few weeks ago. The kids were at school then. And um, there was a seven, it was about 75, this guy, lollipop man. And I watched him. He stood in the middle of the road, perp, you know, walking, good posture. He went like that. He turned the opposite way. He went like that. He looked me in the eye. He looked the other guy in the eye. He thanked. He walked past. And the, the women were coming with the kids. And he, he kind of brought them in and told them to stop and put the hand on the shoulder and then checked. And then he shepherded them across the zebra crossing mm. like that, like that. And then he kind of made sure they were clear, waved them, gave the little girl a kiss. And then he walked back into the really road and he said, thanks, mate. Touched his heart and he did the same to me. And then he walked off. Oh. And I thought, man, that's a lollipop man. Mm. He's probably on about 20 quid a week. Mm. But what, a, in my judgment, what a sense of purpose this man had. Mm -hmm. You know, he, he, he probably has a deep feeling inside of him that he's helping these kids, he's helping them to feel safe, he's showing them love, he's showing respect, incredible sense of purpose. Mm. But yeah, we sometimes think we have to, be the man that yeah, is, is the first guy to put a city on the moon, you know? Yeah. And yeah. unfortunately, we're in a society where we revere, the, we revere those type of guys, mm. but we don't revere the fucking lollipop man. What 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 what's some of the the insights that you've had when you step away from the rush of it all? You know, like, do you, are you still are you still? I mean, everyone's still learning, and mm. you probably acknowledge we're all students, or we're continuously learning, and can always do things better. But what what's some of like the insights that you have when you when you take time out now? Is it is it on your own individual life or things that you can do better? I mean, everybody has a, a, their own way of kind of contemplating, you know, mm. and, and 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 getting insights, and you know, for some people to kind of switch off and contemplate, it, they go into nature, and other people meditate, and other people kind of walk the dog and. Um, look at the fire, whatever, read a book. Mm. Um, but for me, it's silence. Mm. Um, and, I'm, and I'm actually due some silence, actually. I'm taking five days off next week and just mm. not doing anything. And um, it's silence in nature. And there's just a recalibration. Mm. It takes a while, but when we come away from our phones and our distractions and we just allow ourselves to be, 
instead mm. of do, yeah. which is not easy. There's just a recalibration. There's just a sense of, oh, I can breathe again. Um, I mean, I've had more insights than that. You know, I've done a lot of deep practices in, in, my, in my life, especially meditative practices where I've, you know, I've been silent for 10 days and I've meditated in the darkness. And um, What does meditation mean for you now? Oh, that's an amazing question. <laughs> yeah. I imagine it's shifted and... Meditation for me now is, is a return to flow. It's not a band-aid. It used to be a band-aid for yeah, me. It's like yeah. I was feeling shit, I'm going to meditate. Same, like medicine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, there's nothing wrong with medicine, but um, mm. it's, just a, it's just a return to my center. It's a return to innocence. It's a, it's a, it's a return to gratitude. You know, it's all those things. Mm. Um, but it's also being taught, being present with you now. Mm. You know, it's also being aware that I'm moving my hand. It's, yeah, mm. it, 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 it means something different now. Yeah. Cause we, <laughs> it was funny. Um, just before we, we kicked off, for some reason, they just stopped working. The, uh, the program we were going to record on just stopped working. And uh, obviously the guys are loading up um, and zooming, which I'm going to have to uh, plug the charger in right now because there's another panic. It's just insane. <laughs> but the panic lasted for a second. Um, and I just thought, oh, I'm, glad I, I'm glad I fucking meditate because you're everywhere, are you? If you don't do it, you're there yeah. and everywhere. Yeah. Um, it's it's tricky actually to see the benefits when you meditate. Mm. It's like, well, what, 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 what am I doing? Yeah. But for me... Um, it's things like that, actually, where something happens and you think, do you know what? I should actually be, be stressing out here. And yeah, I'm, I've got enough stress to fucking pull the charge in, but you carry on, mate. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, um, I mean, even the word meditation, it, it stresses so many of us out, unfortunately, because we've got this preconceived idea of what it might, or what it's supposed to mean. And um, yeah, it, it's... Um, yeah, you know, it doesn't involve, it doesn't have to involve going to a body center. It doesn't have to involve crossing your legs. It doesn't have to involve turning your thumbs up. You know, it can mm. be stirring at the fire. It can be watching your breath. It can be looking into the eyes of your girlfriend. It can be becoming fascinated and present with your dog and listening to a, a piece of music, looking at a tree. It's, you know, it's, it's all those things. Because you, you sort of build it into your life, don't you? Not just when you formally do it, but there's so many times now where I, I go on a walk and there's obviously, I'm having thoughts and stuff, but they seem to be less sticky or less... Well, stick, is the, stick is a word I often use, to be honest. Yeah. It's, it's like, I, I go on podcasts and people say to me, so are you dead happy now then? Like, are you like really content? It's like, no, I'm a fuck. Mm. You know, I'm... I'm been stressed out this week for yeah. a number of reasons, but it doesn't stick. Mm. And I don't feel the urge to do something crazy and and I don't hold a grudge for three weeks and I don't hold anger for three days. It's it doesn't stick. Mm -hmm. It doesn't stick. Um mm. so yeah, stickiness is an interesting word around this topic of emotional wellness, emotional resilience, meditation. Um, flow, that kind mm. of those kind of concepts. And would you say that flow is something more that you you try to attain through a physical practice rather than 
the meditation. Would you say that there's a uh, there's a, an alternative for guys that don't find because some people just I think the the real worth in meditation is just realizing you're thinking, coming back to whatever you're focusing mm, on. But yeah. some guys just they feel like they want to be more physical. They feel like they want to move well, that, a bit more. That's perfectly fine. Yeah. Um, you know, I know some people that just move. They just move the body and it brings them to a state of flow. Mm. You know, I know some blocks that can sit in meditation without moving for three, three hours. Mm -hmm. I know some, some guys that do it through yoga, some guys that do it through walking the dog, some guys that do it through cold water immersion, mm -hmm. some guys hook a tree, some guys lie on the, the, the earth in, or walk on the earth with birth feet. Some guys listen to... Um, sound therapy some guys play an instrument mm. you know there's so mm. many ways but it's important to find something that brings us back mm. for sure centers us centers us i'm wondering if we open up for questions mate yeah do you think of course why not let's do it let's have a look let's see what we've got so we've got a question here mate what is one piece of advice you would give to a younger self somebody who is exploring their purpose but with ambitions to work in high performance whether that be sport business etc etc um, and just roll any more questions guys that you've got in the chat and um, we'll come back I might even bring the laptop a bit closer my answer to that question is find a mentor um, find a mentor now that could mean a number of different things it um, it could mean a traditional mentor who is someone that's actually walked your, the path that you want to walk. Um, you might be a young lad that doesn't actually earn a lot of money. So it might be important to seek an elder, you know, someone who's a friend of yours, but older who can just listen to you and maybe ask some good questions. A mentor in some cases could be a book. It could be a really good book. Um, but generally speaking, if, if you can find someone, whether it's free or whether it's paid or whether it's a, a group format, um, I, yeah, I really recommend uh, having a mentor. I've, um, I've always had mentors. I've had mentors my whole 25 years in rugby and I still have mentors today. Um, I never used to pay for mentors when I was younger because they were kind of in, within the environment, but now I actually pay for them and... Um, it's yeah um i'll probably have mentors until i'm way into my 70s so seek out some kind of mentor and and if if someone who wants to so the question was um you know any advice for someone who's trying to uncover the purpose who wants to work in business and sport is he is he aware that because it it seems to me like the the, the sort of the outright strength and conditioning badges are just simply for, um, you know, telling people how to bench press properly, telling people how to work better as an athlete. And what is it, the direction that you're trying to, if you're trying to encompass everything, like you say, the human side, the, um, the, the softer side, the, the, the whole, the full rounded package of being a human being, because that's what we are. We're not cool. just looking just tough all the time. There's a lot of extra bits to it. What is the is the bit is it is it to do the mentor is it to look at different things looking at different texts or um, it's a tough one that because as a you know as a young um, 
co- as a budding young coach in any field, it doesn't have to be sport, you know, the, the, there's so much pressure from organisations and stereotyping within the field to really upskill on the technical side, you know, mm-hmm. the accreditations, the methodology, the systems, the processes, the linear thinking, the goal setting, uh, learning how to use data, interpret data, use data, testing, analysis, mm-hmm. feedback and all that. Um, so, you know, you can't really ignore that. You know, you might need your master's, you might need your degree. Um, but I do believe you'll get ahead of the game if you if you seek out a mentor who can teach you the human side of coaching. So if you can't access a, a mentor, you know, read books about self-awareness, preferably books with exercises in that you can do as a self-inventory on yourself. Um, read books about interpersonal skills and communications, you know, how to connect with people, how to listen mindfully, how to be empathic, how to ask simple but great questions, how to give feedback uh, and and how to present. You know, often um, young coaches would um, be in such a rush to kind of cultivate as much mental knowledge as possible because they think that will, will get them a reputation and build trust, but it's only one side of the equation. If you read anything by Stephen Covey on trust, you know, he looks at, uh, a, a, if you like, a trust equation and um, trust is dependent on, um, you know, capabilities, which is all your kind of learnings and experience and knowledge and skills and accreditations. But, but the other side is the character as well. You know, it doesn't matter if you have a PhD, if you can't connect with someone on a human interface and you can't instill confidence in someone and trust through human connection, then you aren't, you aren't going to get very far. So you can get ahead of the game by really reading mm-hmm. about that stuff. Nice. Cheers, Craig. See if there's any more questions on. When Craig was talking um, about the start of it all, of this journey and this process we kind of touching on and it being painful, um, yeah, it was just to ask, I definitely agree with that, but it's to ask how do we inspire men to come to this place and feel safe? Because we mentioned safety a lot. How can we communicate that and inspire them if it is painful, if that makes sense? Um, that's a really good question, actually. And I think language is important. I mean, I use the word pain. I mean, is, is that the right word? Um, so I think having a, maybe a vocabulary around what that might mean Um you know, discomfort, for example, um, is, is is potentially a better word. Um, uncomfortable feelings, you know, a knock on the door. Um, it, it, it's it's tricky. I mean, there's no doubt that pain is is definitely a catalyst for growth, and we can't avoid it. But um, I, I guess you could have a better vocabulary around it. Um, and it's also important for, for us as coaches, if you, if you are a coach or, or is it Roy, is it? Yeah. Or Roy, if you're someone that, that, that leads men in some shape or form, to share your story. And, and the story um, really should be a story of, of leaning into that pain, but then reaping the benefits and allowing the pain to be an accelerator, not a break. So it's a tricky question to really answer that, Rory, but um, I guess that's what I'm, I'm coming back at you with for the time being. Um, 
It's, it's, a, really, it's a really good question. And it's, it's probably the, the hard problem when it comes to this because, as we said, like, the, there's, there's such... Um, for men, there's such a commitment in there to to what it is that, like, like you said, like the resistance for you is like, I've got a good job, I've got exactly what I wanted, yeah. I've got everything that I work for. Fuck, I can't let go of that. Like, it took you a while to let go yeah. of that. Yeah. Um. I guess we're trying to create the environments through social media, through different outlets like Evolve and and um you know, where people can dip into it and, and understand it a bit more. Yeah. I guess it's the, the, um, the transition in it. It's the transition from being convicted 100% and not flipping, looking, looking back. Yeah. Yeah. To actually going, well, actually this, this might be a better life. This, if I look here and, and do this, this might be a better life, but it's, it's the, the peeling away from 100%. The other thing to say in, in this case as well is, um, you know, if, if, if you are a leader, if, if you're someone that, who men often come to with, with, with potential challenges, um, is actually going the opposite way as well and having the skill set to actually um, be able to say to a man, okay, um, so tell me about your challenges. You know, what else are we going through? What else is a challenge for you? Okay, hold it there. What's the consequences in a year's time for you if you don't change? What's the consequences in three years' time? Mm. Okay, hold it there. Now, let's look ahead. You know, what kind of man do you want to be? Okay. You know, what, what kind of man do you want to be? Who would benefit if you became that man? Who else would benefit? What's your driver? Is it your kids? Is it your wife? Um, and, and, and kind of having the skill set to make him aware of the consequences if he doesn't do something about it, but then have the skill to kind of really kind of dig into the potential future that he could have. Um, and it's also important, Roy, to keep, to mention safety again. It's really important to keep checking in, you know, to safety. Does this man feel safe? Does this man feel safe? It's a good call. A good call. Anyone else got any question, guys? for the man himself i think i've got a question um i think hi so you mentioned about holding the men's retreats and i just wanted to know about your experience of holding that space for men because you know from my point of view if i were to put on that i i never grew up with men around me so i've really had to kind of um improve my communication with men in the world and it's you know you know I could do it now it's fine but I'm just like were you nervous or did you really anticipate putting the events on just like what was your experience or was it not a thing at all it certainly was and every time I do it, it, it I'm leaning into an edge um and and every time I do it I'm I'm somehow in some shape or form be, being more vulnerable than what I was before that. Um, just, just going back to your, your, the start of your question, um, if, if, you know, if you are someone that wants to hold space for men, um, you know, it, it, I mean, it doesn't have to be on your own. You, you, could, you could connect with um, two other facilitators ju and just to kind of take the pressure off a little bit. I mean, you do want a little bit of pressure because that's where the, 
the, the growth comes from, but you don't have to put so much pressure on yourself that you, you know, you're the one facilitating the group. You, the, there could be three facilitators and you, you bounce off each other. And I, based on your life story that you just shared with me, I would actually recommend that for you as a stage in, in your quest to maybe eventually hold space on your own with groups. Now, um, because my journey was, was, was very different, um, I didn't feel that my father kind of led me that well. He didn't, he was just working all the time. I didn't feel like he, he showed me anything to be honest, even though he loved me. But what I did from a very, like from, from the age of eight, I was always around men and I was always in rugby teams and I was often the captain. So um, when I was going through what seemed like my midlife crisis, which wasn't really, it was a transformation. But when I went through that um, and I pushed rugby away for a while, I look back in my life and I could call on the fact that, do you know what, you've actually always been comfortable around men to an extent, so why don't you create something that's not rugby related, but it's still kind of using those qualities. So I guess it's just been a natural journey for me. And um, But it sounds like for you, there could be potential, tremendous growth in it, and it could really help you to fill uh, a void that might not have been there for you as a child, because I am a strong believer that... Um, we can still change our nervous system at an older age. You know, we can still recondition ourselves, and the stuff from the past doesn't go away. But we can, can we can recondition ourselves, and um, you know, whatever we we didn't we perceive we didn't get as a kid. I do believe that we, you know we can we can fill those voids to an extent. So for you, it could be really useful um, serve, serving with a, with a group of men actually, and facilitating with a group of men before you lean into your edge of doing it on your own cool. cool 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 cool. anyone else guys i've got a question stevie sorry mate if, well, there's, if there's still time um uh craig just touching on sort of your ideas on purpose and stuff and what, what we've been talking about do you ever think there's a danger in diving too deep into these ideas and concepts like at a young age when maybe you haven't experienced all the trials and tribulations of life and um, do you ever think that maybe you put in that could be sort of perversely it's it's good to make those mistakes and it's good to have that period of transformation and that sort of crisis point maybe not that I'd wish it on anyone I'm just saying for personal growth on one hand I do yeah I do definitely I mean kids are kids aren't they you know just let them play and find their own way um yes I do but we've not really spoke, we've spoke about, we've touched on a few things of, of why men might kind of be confused when they're older. One of the reasons we've not touched on is the educational system. Now, if the educational system was turned completely on its head and we encouraged kids to really feel into what their own genetic talents were, what their own conditioned talents were, what their love were, was, and, and guided them to express themselves along that path. Instead of saying to them, look, mate, you're 13 now, you can either be a bricklayer, uh, you can either be um, a teacher if you study harder, or you can be a sportsman. You know, if, if, if we really kind of switch the educational system on its head and, and guide, like, like some educational systems do but very very few you know Steiner school moves in that direction especially kind of between the ages of naught and ten um, and then by default 
you know, boys and girls would actually automatically have a healthier sense of purpose. And they wouldn't have to say, what the fuck's my purpose? They would actually have a healthier sense, you know. Um, you know, guys with a natural talent for numbers would, would feel a sense of purpose going into accountancy. Guy with who did great things with his body and loved to express his body might have a great sense of purpose going in to be an athlete or some kind of dance teacher. Um, you know, if, if, if I've got a real sense of purpose and I've got a real intuitive alignment with sound, you know, I, I could end up being a sound engineer or a musician. So I, I think, again, just to summarise, because I've long-winded it again, just to summarise, you're bang on. You know, we have to, it's, it's, it's tricky. You know, don't put so much pressure on kids. But if the educational system was different and we guided people towards their innate talents and how they wanted to how they longed to express, then it could be different. We'd be less likely to have this kind of purpose void. Yeah. And I think as well on that, it's healthy to have the knowledge as well. Like it's probably, there's not harm for having the knowledge if you don't need it, but it helps to have it if you did need it, if that makes sense in, in the future. And I think that it's so lacking in that yeah. when we're growing up that it's a massive, Yeah, like, you know, like you said, when you, you come to that, that process where it's like, whoa, well, what is all this that I've never learned about mm -hmm. and the, the, the absence of it? Um, you know, you don't have to put too much pressure on yourself if you're not, feel, if, you, if you're feeling good, if you're feeling mm -hmm. like everything you, that, that you're doing is, is in congruence with yourself, you know? Mm -hmm. I think it's just, like I said before, it, it can be quite polarizing if you've not had any information or any knowledge on it before and i think yeah. you know the the sort of the thing with the purpose is is that answers a lot of, of questions for when someone is really suffering or really needing yeah. it if that makes sense and it's not only the educational system you know if you're a father or you're a potential father you know you've got a, a huge role to play and you know if you can guide your boy or your girl and try through trial and error you really feel into what lights them up and realize that what lights them up at 12 might not be what lights them up at 16. And there's a gradual journey of trying things that light them up without forcing them into something that you think they could be good at. Again, that will also contribute to a healthy sense of purpose. People talk about purpose and, and they, they often talk about the external doing of something, but really purpose comes from the inside out. It's just a sense of, do you know what? I am actually grounded in this purpose. It means something to me. And it actually means something to me. There's a benefit to me, but I can see there's a benefit to someone else. Even if you clean the toilets in Asda, it doesn't matter. Mm. It's a it's an internal sense of purpose that will would be easier to cultivate if we educate our kids better and we guide them instead of forcing things onto them as parents. Yeah. And and I sort of like think of my journey with it with purpose, like I had that like from six years old. I'm like, fuck, I know I'm I'm a rugby player. Do you know? Like I knew that that was the the path, that was the the mission. Um then as I got older it was to make a professional. You know, you make a professional, you you win finals, you you sort of ticking all those boxes off. And I think in my life, um the the purpose for myself to push myself down the achievement path solely to to win stuff with the injuries, um the constant comebacks, a constant sort of like pressure 
you know, it probably exhausted it. And that's why I feel like the last few years of being a rugby player is, is, is like you said, it's opened up to try and bring other people on, to try and encourage other people to to get on better. And, and, and you know, that was still in the same job, mm. but it was, I don't know, it was sort of like a um, an evolve, evolving of a purpose, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, and I was really lucky. I, I went to school with so many people that had no fucking idea what they wanted to do. Um, and no tutoring or help and I'm you know I'm so grateful that I had all that support because um, as you said I felt into the fact that I, w- I was good at rugby and it was it was mm. it, it was possible for me to go down that avenue mm. but a lot of people don't get that, that yeah. opportunity yeah yeah I think there's another one there mate did that help mate yeah it was awesome yeah thank you oh thanks cheers right we've got one here Paul as a coach do you think we need to be conscious about the type of language we use my coach constantly used to use the terminology of man up etc we all know this does more damage than good but do you think coaches need to be conscious of the way that they speak a hundred percent and that's part of my journey that's part of my created purpose um you know i run mentorship courses for for coaches and you know, as I said, the first part is self-awareness, second part is interpersonal skills, and the third part is building trustful teams. Um, yeah, I mean, if, if I mean, I don't know because I've not looked for a long time, but I would still guess that still to this day, a lot of the coach education pathways in many sports still don't really do a good job of, of uh, teaching interpersonal skills and communications. Um, it's... The responsibility of a coach today is, it's really, really, really critical. Um, it's a huge responsibility. Um, I mean, there's an enormous percentage of young boys and girls play sport. So as a doorway to the transformation of consciousness on the planet, it's absolutely massive. So we have a massive responsibility as, co- as coaches a massive responsibility to understand, recognize and own what we're projecting out with our behavior and our body language and, and what comes out of our mouth and also the consequences. So, so yeah, definitely, definitely. If, if you're a coach, you, you have to seek out better communication because you won't find it in your general coaching courses. Mm. So yeah, good question. What's what's the alternative, Craig? Just on the back of that, what's the alternative for speaking to a young eleven-year-old who's hurt himself, crying, and what's the alternative to saying "man up" in that situation? Do you know, like what? I mean, ultimately, it's acceptance, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I have a a real belief that. I mean it. it whether we're talking about a business team or a sports team, the same applies. If you can create safety and allow each individual to express his uniqueness and give permission, excuse me, for emotions, you know, permission to be angry if if that's necessary, permission to cry, permission to be weak, permission to make a mistake. I mean, I've been in organisations, sports teams, rugby teams, where there's been so much pressure on the players, so much pressure on the players to win, 
that the shit's scared of making mistakes. Mm. Um, so it's really important that um, with groups, you know, there's a feeling of safety and, and the people in that group are allowed to express themselves fully mm. in, in every way. Mm, like and then that. you'll get a strong team and a very, very high performing team. Yeah, I like that. Um, a question that I want to ask, I should have asked a bit earlier. How do you see anger? Well, anger, there's so many ways to talk about this. Um, I believe that the word, I mean, it's just a concept ultimately, but that kind of, you know, that feeling of fire in, in the belly, if you like, wherever you feel it, because we feel it in different places. Um, it's a necessary emotion. It's potential, it's action in potential. So it's a message from your body that, do you know what, mate? You need to act on this. You need to, you know, there's potential here. There's energy here. You need to do something about it. It's also a necessary emotion to protect. So if your kids are in bed and somebody's trying to fucking burgle your house, you're going to get angry because mm. that necessary emotion is required to release adrenaline. Mm -hmm. So it's a necessary emotion. Now, rage is different. Now, rage, we often confuse the two. Rage is suppressed anger. So if it wasn't okay getting angry as a kid and we were taught to, to be shamed about it and we were taught that little boys don't get angry, um, we're told that we're a thug because we get angry and we suppress it, then it becomes rage and then it becomes incredibly dangerous. Mm. And, and suppressed anger, which becomes rage, without knowing it can pop up from your shadow, pop up from your unconscious. Before you know it, you've hit your girlfriend or mm. you've hit your little boy mm. and that's dangerous. And, and that um, and, and, and with that, we need to get to the root of where it may have come from, understand it. We need to give ourselves permission that it's okay to be angry. Um, and we may have to find a channel to do that. And, um, you know, for me, that channel, fortunately, was sport and mm. training and stuff like that. I mean, mm. I have had episodes in my life where anger's come out unconsciously, especially in relationships with women, mm. and it's not been nice. Mm -hmm. So that's been part of my journey to work on that. And I've worked on that a lot. And now, thankfully, it doesn't happen. Mm. Um, but there's a, yeah, there's a, anger's a necessary emotion of protection and a message to say, mate, come on, you need to act on this. But rage is, is suppressed anger that really needs to look at, be looked at because um, the explosion, the volcanic explosion of rage is, is, is what causes domestic violence. Mm. It's also suppressed warrior energy. Mm. Anger's got a negative connotation, unfortunately, in society. A lot of that's come from religion because religions don't think anger's even an emotion. I think it's a deadly sin. Um, so um, in the retreats that we do, we, we just call it suppressed warrior energy. It's that warrior energy that has been suppressed and needs to come out in some shape or form. Yeah, I've been very lucky to have an outlet every Friday night, do you know, like, in the last you know 10 years or whatever which is you know it's acceptable to flip in yeah really sort of <laughs> go about yourself and, and and put that anger out there into a product you know that's what it is and yeah i think there probably is a vehicle that needs to be um accepted for other people too for for those angry fuckers <laughs> if it's really extreme i would i would suggest um going for therapy because it needs to be unpacked because it's very dangerous Mm -hmm. um yeah it's a, it's a rage is a dangerous suppressed emotion mm -hmm. 
Cheers, Craig, for wrapping up the questions there, mate, from the Evolve um, community. Um, some brilliant questions there and some that I think will hopefully be transitioned into many different parts of society, mate. You know, the rugby, the um, the aspirations of growing up and, and, and going better and um, some really big things to to be conscious of. So thank you for coming on. Thank you for having a chat with me. Thank you for sharing your wisdom as always, mate. And it's good to see you. No, thanks, mate. Um, some big questions, though. Yeah. Great to, that you've got some of those uh, men asking those questions in your community. So, um, mm. yeah, really good. Um, if anybody wants to know more about my work, they can go to menwithoutmasks.com, uh, craigwhitementoring.com, and they can also find those two um, organizations on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. Cool. And they can, if, they, if, if anyone's listened to this podcast, can they throw you some questions, ask any more information, um, you know, and, and contact you? And They can go through you and I'll, I'll answer as many questions yeah, as you want. Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, we'll do that. We will do that. Um, top man. Uh, go follow Craig. Go follow the Men Without Masks work that he does. But also have a look at some of the stuff that he's bringing in to the different environments um, some environments that are really hard to break into and, and to, to shape but he's done it with so many clubs over the years so many countries over the years and give him a shout and if you you are a young professional um, really consider his work cheers guys see you on the next one see you guys this is just a reminder to anyone who is feeling out of sorts, unfulfilled, perhaps a bit like life is running away from you and you are no longer in the driving seat. Picking up the phone and chatting to John, our mentality counsellor, is the step that grants you permission to do something about it and get back on track to the life that you deserve. Thanks for listening to the podcast, guys. Really, really appreciate you. And if you could show some of your appreciation, that would be mega. Please like, subscribe, share us, and let any other men know who is into opening up their mind and living better mentally that they should be listening to Mentality.